Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. I just recorded 10 minutes of this episode and then played some of it back only to realize that my mic was not connected. (laughs) So here I am starting over again and clearly there was something else that was meant to come through that didn't come through the first time. And my intention for this episode was to share more on manifestation, the term, the concept itself, because If you haven't noticed, I have had quite the evolving relationship with manifestation. And actually just recently, I took the word manifestation out of my Instagram bio. And I want to get deeper into this, into why it is that I removed this, why I've had this kind of internal battle around the concept of manifestation and where I'm headed with my teachings of it and whether or not I really truly still resonate with it, which I've had a few people ask me. So over the past four and a half years, since I've entered kind of this industry, this coaching space, the spiritual manifestation world, a lot has shifted and changed. It is not the same world it was four years ago, four and a half years ago, even one year, two years ago. So much is shifting and evolving and changing. And as I evolve and as my understanding and embodiment of the concepts I teach in manifestation itself evolves, so does the way that I teach and what I teach. As I evolve, so does everything that I share. I do still resonate with manifestation and the general concept of it and my definition of it. However, I've noticed that as I've continued to evolve in my understandings and my embodiment of what I consider to be manifestation, I have moved and grown in a starkly different direction than most of the mainstream manifestation teachers out there. And so, although I still resonate with my own understanding of manifestation, It almost feels inaccurate to have this almost public-facing persona as this manifestation coach because the word manifestation is so heavy these days. It has so much connotation behind it. And I don't know, maybe I will add that word back in my bio. Nothing is permanent, but right now it doesn't feel genuine or an integrity to have that be this all-encompassing public-facing persona of this is who I am and what I teach just because of what meaning the concept has for so many people these days. And my work could not be more different than most of the quote-unquote manifestation teachers out there, which is why I shifted it, because I don't want there to be misconceptions or misunderstandings. And what I've been seeing a lot in the online space, in the spiritual world, especially on Instagram and in the coaching world, is a lot of manifestation teachers or coaches or mentors feeding on the traumas and insecurities of people out there in order to make money and 
oh, I just get this ick in my chest when I think about it. And, you know, oftentimes it's not because these people are evil or bad people or a lot of it, not everyone, but a lot of it is highly unconscious. Many of us have fallen into this trap. It's like this web, this spider's web, this sticky spider's web. Many people don't even realize they're there and can't even help it. But they've been wrapped up and stuck in this this web, this promise of making more money. And this comes from this expanding and saturated uh, business coaching market where money is glorified and these high 10, 20, 30K months, six, seven, eight figure earnings are glorified and there's nothing wrong with making that amount of money. I think that's incredible and, um, you know, worthy of praise. However, oftentimes it's highly out of alignment. And I think a big problem right now in the industry is that many people are glorifying money above the teachings. And, you know, it would, it would be silly for anyone to say that they start a business or open a coaching practice and they don't intend to make money. Of course you want to make money. The problem is that I have found that making money has become glorified and valued over integrity of practices and teachings. And so this has therefore affected spiritual teachings for spiritual coaches out there. A lot of it has been shifted to fit this structure that has this promise of making you a lot of money. And once again, this isn't to say these people are bad or evil or even know what they're doing, but a lot of spiritual teachings have been passed down with this distortion behind the scenes of it not being an integrity of this teacher coming from a place of primarily needing and wanting to make money rather than full integrity of the teachings themselves. So many of the teachings aren't coming from a heart-centered place and therefore they are passed down and passed down and passed down and accepted as truth when in reality there's this underlying distortion that is being passed down with it. And so what I'm seeing and this pattern that I'm seeing is the glorification of instant gratification and the exploitation of lifestyle in order to draw people in and sell, whether this looks like uh, you know, glorification of travel or glorification of luxury or expensive things or whatever it might be. And and there's a fine line here. There's a, a distinction because a lot has shifted from a few years ago when this was a newer space and a lot of people were genuinely sharing their life experiences Versus now where it feels that a lot of life experiences were created specifically to share on Instagram for the money in the business. And this is a fine line, a fine distinction and discernment that has to be made. And I definitely fell into this trap for a while. There was a long time when I was sharing my lifestyle, but it was coming from this genuine place of, I fucking love my life. I'm so excited about this life I've created and manifested and I genuinely want to share it and help as many people as possible experience what I'm experiencing. I was so proud of that life and I still am. And for a long time, my main objective was to help as many people as possible experience the freedom that I was experiencing because it was the happiest I'd ever been in my entire life up until that point. And I was doing what I loved and I was sharing it. And then it got to a point where eventually toward the end of this phase of my life, I started to notice that there were moments where I wasn't asking myself, what do I want? I was asking myself, what would look best when I share it on Instagram? 
And it felt really icky to notice this going through, running through my mind. And so I eventually got to a place where I was like, I need to just full on stop sharing my life on Instagram. Not all of it, but I wanted to be careful not to fall into this trap, which is easy to fall into it without realizing it of living a life for my business or living a life for Instagram and calling it spirituality and calling it manifestation. And I think it's gotten to the point for a lot of people where life doesn't come first anymore. Business does. And our appearance on social media is running our lives. And there's been so much of this cookie cutter ideal out there. People wanting to make money and they're looking at the people who are making money and trying to copy them. And so then you see people, even people like me who are living these really fun travel lives. And that was my genuine experience. And I I loved it. But then you get people who look at that and they say, I want to make money like that too. I want to live a life like that too. And they begin to mold their lives to look as similar as possible to the people they look up to on Instagram. And the problem with this is this is no longer in integrity. This is no longer heart centered. This is no longer genuine. This is a cookie cutter. This is a mold. This is led with the intent of simply making money or hitting a goal rather than with the intent of joy, with the intent of a heart-centered life that is simply being shared. But what's happened is that there were so many people who just kind of tried to mold themselves or became these cookie-cutter carbon copies of each other. Then we have this cookie-cutter carbon copy version of spirituality. And it's so widespread that now we've got this mainstream understanding and manifestation and spirituality that is fully focused on a specific lifestyle that is fully focused on the typical influencer Instagram profile that you see out there. And this is not real manifestation. This is, I mean, what it really is, is a whole lot of trauma bonding going on between coaches and clients. And it's gotten to the point for me where I don't even want really to share my life anymore on Instagram because I don't want people to look at my life and say, wow, I want that. I want what she's doing because it's it's way better than what I'm doing in my life. I need to mold myself. I need to shift and become her more like her so I can have that life because that life has got to be better than mine, right? Like the typical grass is greener on the other side. I don't want people coming to me because they think that if they live my life, it's going to be better than theirs because it looked pretty on Instagram. However, this is a highly effective marketing technique that works really well for making money which is why we've got so many people out there using it and even embellishing truths and creating this Instagram life that actually is not the real life in reality or hiding the truth of how they're feeling and covering that up with this picture-perfect ideal of a life that they're showing off on Instagram. And here's the thing is that there's nothing wrong with living these amazing lives. And I think we're all worthy of living an incredible, amazing, wondrous life. And really, that's why we all came to manifestation in the first place, isn't it? I mean, I guess I can't speak for you, but for me, it was always about creating a better life, attracting a better life. But my definition of what that looks and feels like and what a better life means has shifted a lot over the past few years. And I've come to a place of realizing after helping so many people that even if I can teach you how to manifest all the money you want, and the travel life you want, and all the things that you've seen on Instagram that you want, it's not going to make you feel the way that you want to feel. And I've said this a million times before, but 
I think this is run so deep in our psyche and our beings that just knowing it isn't enough, which is why in this season and era of my business, I felt called to just kind of pull away a little bit and keep my life more private and more sacred just for me to really enjoy and, and be really present in rather than sharing all of the beautiful parts of it, because I just want to be really careful of the energy that I'm putting out and be really clear about what I'm speaking to in people consciously or unconsciously. And I want people to be drawn to me, not because they think that if they work with me or learn from me, that they're going to suddenly be blessed with my life and they're going to feel better (laughs) because that's not the reality. That's not real. I want people to be drawn to me and work with me because they can feel the integrity. They can feel the love. They can feel the genuine heart-centered openness here because they can feel God in everything that I'm sharing and doing. And I also want to make this really clear is that it is very possible to make money while being fully in integrity. It is possible to make money without using any of the old business paradigms or marketing schemes or techniques. We're heading into a new paradigm. None of that can come with us where we're going. It's like so many people are trying to take things they've learned at the old paradigm and make it work for where they're going and it's not working anymore because we're headed into a new paradigm, a new era. It's like we've graduated. We've graduated from where we were. The old concepts don't apply anymore, whether it be spirituality or business. Everything's changed. So what's happening is people are still trying to apply the old rules to this new place that we're headed. We're headed into a completely new era of business in the online space and spirituality, a new era where honesty, truth, and integrity come first into a space where God is involved in a part of everything. And when you move into a space where you've invited God into your business or into whatever it is that you're creating in your life, the old rules, of course, aren't going to work. Because in the old paradigm, you were the one in control. You were playing God. And of course, there is no space for God when you were playing God and controlling everything. So when we step into this new paradigm where we've invited God in, playing our old role isn't going to work anymore. Playing by the same rules is no longer going to allow us to succeed. It's like, imagine that you graduated elementary school and now you're an adult, but you're still trying to play by the rules of elementary school. I mean, imagine you're asking adults for permission every time you have to use the bathroom. Just like these silly rules. And that just sounds ridiculous. It's like, why would anyone continue to follow rules from third grade as an adult? And it seems laughable, ridiculous. But this is exactly what we're doing right now. We've graduated from the space we used to be in. We're not at the same level of consciousness or awareness. We've evolved so much. And so the rules that applied back then are not going to work in the same way now. So forget everything you think you know about life, about business, about spirituality, about anything. Let's just start over from scratch here, right? This is the rebirth. We're walking into a new era, but we're beginning as blank slates again. If you didn't know anything about business, about spirituality, about God, where would you start? What would guide you? What would excite you? If there were no rules and no ultimate truths that you were aware of, what would you do next? What would you choose to believe in? And what way would you want to create? And I would invite you to ask yourself, what are the old rules, paradigms, or structures that you are clinging to 
that are actually expired in your life, that actually feel heavier than they do light. And that was a little side tangent, but I want to get back to manifestation and my understanding of it now. Because like I said in the beginning, I do still believe in manifestation. The quantum field is real. To me, it exists. Quantum physics is still real. Law of attraction is still real. These are still universal laws that exist. However, you know, manifestation was never and is not the problem. But the problem is our obsession and glorification with it as this fix-all concept. What's happened is you know, it's exciting to realize, wow, I have this control over my life. I can shift my life. I'm not helpless. I'm not a victim. I'm not just stuck here. I feel more empowered. That's this beautiful side of manifestation. And these, these universal laws exist for a reason where the world we live in is a quantum world. We can't just pretend we don't live in a quantum world where every single thing we do has an effect in some way. The quantum field, the quantum world, All of that is very, very real, but there's a piece that we are missing because when we focus on and glorify manifestation, we've taken God out of it. But if God is the ultimate creator, God created the universe and manifestation and us, God is separate from manifestation and universe. And so when we're glorifying manifestation, it says end all be all, there's no space for God there. And what happens is that we make ourselves out to be God. We say, I'm the one in control. I'm going to use manifestation and law of attraction and my understanding of quantum physics and the quantum realms to create the exact life that I want. And I'm going to do it all on my own. I'm going to play God in my own life. However, we're not created to be gods. We are humans. We came here incarnated as humans for a reason. So trying to play God in our lives is not going to resonate in our systems. It creates burnout, even physical illness sometimes. We're placing ourselves on a role that we were never meant to be in and we can never succeed in. It's not what God actually meant or wants for us. And so this is like the sweet spot where we get to have this understanding of manifestation in the quantum field, the quantum realms, law of attraction of all of this, but not obsess over it. We can have an understanding of it and let it guide the way that we think, the way we interact with things that happen in our lives, the way we set our goals, while also surrendering to the higher divine will of God. And this is where we get co-creation, which is just another form or another way that I think of manifestation. It's this human version of manifestation rather than this, I am the God of my life version of manifestation. Because some forms of manifestation that I see in the online space, they are pushing God out. And that is the problem. Law of attraction, manifestation, quantum, the quantum field, it's not meant to be used as a means to push God out. This is all meant to be used as a means to bring us closer to God and realizing that we are more powerful when we do all things with God at our sides, with God at our back. And when you look at the manifestation teachings out there. I mean, I'm sure if you've been a part of it, a lot of you have been in this phase of, oh my gosh, what do I do? I need to make sure I script every single day or visualize at least twice a day. And we have this whole list of manifestation practices we need to do. And it becomes this, it's actually just feeding into this trauma of I need to do more to receive versus I don't need to do anything to receive. I am a child of God. I am unconditionally worthy and loved. 
I can have an understanding of how visualization works without needing to exploit it all of the time in order to get what I want. Sometimes it does feel really good to sit and visualize and really be in your imagination in the moments of the things that you desire to come to pass. But it doesn't need to be forced. Sometimes it's helpful to write out our vision or to script and and to really just be immersed in the calling we feel is on our hearts. But this is completely different than exploiting and using these tools as a means solely to get what I want, right? Saying, you know what? I want to have a boyfriend, so I'm going to script about him three times a day until I get him. Versus, I'm so excited to call in this partner. I can already feel him or her. And I am just... I'm going to journal on this to really immerse myself in this excitement and this yearning and this feeling of preparing myself for this person to show up in my reality, right? So this is letting go of the rules. This is letting go of the paradigm of I need to do X in order to receive Y. I need to repeat X action three times a day in order to have the best chance of receiving or manifesting Y. I need to do in order to receive. I need to be on all the time in order to receive. I need to be fixing or healing all the time in order to receive or manifest what I want. But I don't think that we were ever meant to exploit these universal laws in order to simply get what we want. We are meant to coexist with them. The universe is not a vending machine. God is not a vending machine. There is no rule that says, If I pay this much, if I put in my quarters, I'm going to get this thing that I want. If I do all these things, I'm going to get what I want. The universe is not your personal vending machine. It's not your personal Amazon delivery service. And I do believe there's also karma for exploiting universal laws in that way, which a lot of us are also now experiencing, realizing that a lot of the things that we have manifested didn't actually turn out to be what we thought they would in the long run because they didn't come from this energy of integrity and they didn't come from a union with God. They came from a separation from him and anything created or attracted or manifested out of separation with God is simply going to increase that separation in the long run. Whereas when we come into union with God, when we have a homecoming and when we have a homecoming with God, and we co-create with him, what that brings into our lives, the blessings that we receive will continue to bring us closer to him. So this was one of the big pieces of why I removed the word manifestation from my, my Instagram bio was, I don't want people coming to me because they feel like their personal universal vending machine is broken and they want to know how they can continue to take from life, to take from the universe, to take from God, how they can get more of what they want. That is no longer my intention. Never really truly has been. My intention is to help you come back into union with God, to learn to coexist and co-create what we know about manifestation and the universe and quantum field, while also focusing and surrendering to God and something that a dear friend of mine, Natalie Tor, 
said recently was that when you find yourself itching to use your old manifestation tools, like just itching to script, when you're in this state of uncertainty, you're coming from a lack of trust in God. You're saying, I feel so uncomfortable in this state of uncertainty and I don't trust God. I don't trust that he's behind the scenes working this out for me. So I need to take control. I'm going to script to make sure that what I want is going to happen. And it's like these tools that we've been given have almost become a crutch to avoid the discomfort of the uncertainty, which is why it's become this obsessive thing. It's a way for us to avoid our own discomfort. The unknown is highly uncomfortable for human beings. We know this. The void, the unknown uncertainty. But this is the space where God begins to work for us. But when we're in this space of uncertainty, we're like, you know what? Nope. I'm going to reach for the next manifestation tool. I've got this. I'm going to control this. I'm going to make sure I'm manifesting what I want. When we do that, we no longer have to sit with the discomfort of the uncertainty because we're making things certain, but we're also separating ourselves from God in the process because where is God in that process? We're making ourselves God in that process versus the more difficult choice, which is Can I be with this discomfort and continue to surrender even more deeply to God within this uncertainty? All of our challenges, all of our uncertainties are leading us closer to God if we choose to surrender to them. And the closer we are to God, the more we open our hearts, the more open we are to receive the blessings and miracles that are actually meant for us that will actually expand the joy and love and fulfillment and peace that we truly want to feel in our lives. But another reason this shift is so difficult for a lot of people is because we've been kind of wired and trained to always be following the next high, the next excitement. Our nervous systems are so wound up. And so a lot of people are using the concept of manifestation to just hit that next high. And it's become this idea of living your best life is living the life that has the most excitement where we're constantly manifesting our money or buying nicer things or going on the next best vacation or the next most beautiful travel place. And these things all have value and they're beautiful. And I love them. I love travel. I love adventure. I love excitement. But when we have a life that's built on excitement, following the next high all of the time, there's always going to be a constant low, a constant void. We're trying to fill with more excitement, with more high experiences. And sometimes that can even be the high of experiencing God or the universe. This constant, like I need to be meditating or doing plant medicines or microdosing shrooms or something so that I can feel connected to spirit, so I can feel the presence of God. And we all get to have these moments of ecstatic connection to God or spirit or universe. I'm sure many of you have experienced that. But then it can become this addiction of chasing that high. But that's not how a relationship works. We're in a relationship with God. Think about your relationship with a romantic partner or a good friend or a family member. You're not constantly on a high. Sometimes there are high moments. But really, when we're in serious relationship with something or someone, it's more about our relationship to the mundane with this person or this experience. I mean, when I think about like my best friend in the whole world, we can have 
the absolute best time ever drinking coffee together. A normal mundane experience. We've had lots of travels, but my favorite memories with her aren't our most exhilarating experiences. It's the joy we created in the mundane ones. But if we're constantly chasing that high, that exhilaration to feel connected to something, we're constantly going to be let down. And if we relate this to God, we're constantly going to feel let down by God, feel like he's not here with us. When in reality, that was never meant to be our relationship with him or with anyone. Just because you're not feeling this ecstatic high all the time, this high connection to God or to the universe or the world around you or to, or to nature doesn't mean that that connection or relationship isn't there or isn't real. Same as with any relationship in your life. And in fact, constantly chasing a high in a human relationship will be quick to ruin that relationship. But yet, this is how many of us treat ourselves. We say, I'll allow myself to experience joy and contentment in my life when I've reached that next high. And when I'm not on a high, well, I better work really hard to manifest the next high. It means I must be doing something wrong. I've got to fix and heal some more within me until that next high manifests. And so what happens when the highs stop? What happens when you're just in your life and it's just mundane? What happens there? Are you still able to feel connected to God, to yourself, to your life? Are you still able to access contentment? Because these highs, the exhilarating experiences, we're so worthy of them. They're so fun. We're meant to experience this human life and all it has to offer. But when we create this dynamic of this is the only way to live, this is the only way to have a good life, that's when it begins sucking out our life force energy and begins separating us from God. I don't believe that wanting or having a lot of money is bad or wanting or having luxury experiences is bad or any of this stuff is bad. I don't believe that these things exist in the human world if it were bad to experience them. I think we're meant to have beautiful adventures and all of the experiences that are on our heart. However, when we seek them from a place of trauma, when we seek them from a place of avoidance, when we seek them from a place of separation from God, they are no longer serving us, but taking from us. Which is why it's important to be discerning, because when you see someone's life online, you have no idea what's actually going on behind the scenes. You have no idea how their hearts are. You have no idea what their connection or relationship with God is, or themselves. You have no idea how fulfilling their relationships are. My real question for most people isn't, you know, how many beautiful, exhilarating experiences do you have in your life? What I really want to know is what happens when none of that is in your life? What happens when life is just boring, monotonous? There's no excitement to look forward to. What happens then? Who are you in those moments? Can you still feel fulfilled, connected, at peace, content, full of joy? Because that's how our life is meant to be lived. I truly believe that we are meant and wired to feel this deep contentment and bliss and joy in the mundane. But we've outsourced that. We've outsourced it to this excitement and these dopamine rushes. And we've used quote unquote manifestation as a way to fulfill that. As a way to avoid our discomfort in the mundane. 
And I think this is where a lot of spirituality went wrong in the online space is we're chasing the great and avoiding the mundane. The mundane is where a lot of the magic is. This is where it really is. It was here all along. But we are so uncomfortable being still that we were never never able to actually seek it out to experience it. And one of the issues is when we're constantly getting high off of manifesting all these new experiences in our lives or, you know, the next lump sum of money showing up or these ecstatic high experiences with God, we lose our ability to get high off of the mundane. Because yes, that is also possible. But we have to let go of this constant external seeking and chasing. And so the real question is not, are you able to manifest more money? But what happens when the money doesn't show up? The question is not, are you able to manifest all of the beautiful things that you want? But what happens when those things don't come? Do you collapse? Do you go into fixing mode? Do you go into doing mode? Or do you allow it to bring you even closer to God? Because there's this peace that can't be shaken when you have this deeper connection and this deep-rooted trust in God where nothing manifesting or not manifesting can shake that. And yeah, there are, of course, fleeting human emotions, but there's a deeper, rooted, grounded sense of faith and trust where it no longer matters if the manifestations come or if they don't. Because there isn't this dependence on them for the high. When there is not a dependence for a high on those external things that we're attempting to bring into our lives, we're actually able to create more joy and contentment in the now. And this is when our our joy, our contentment, our fulfillment is sourced from God rather than from the things we're manifesting. This is the ultimate detachment. Everyone wants to know how to detach from their manifestations so that they can attract them. The answer is God. And this is kind of where my work has landed. This is where it has landed me. Helping women crack their hearts open. uh, Guiding them in their homecoming to God. Helping them to come back to their feminine core. And begin to relax and soften. To do less. To realize that when really, they really do have this deep trust with God and they do invite God to be at their side in all things, so much less needs to be done. And life gets a whole lot more beautiful. Gone are the days of hustling and overdoing and overfixing and overhealing to try to manifest what we want. Now we're in this paradigm of rather than The more I do, the more I heal, the more I attract. Now we're in this paradigm of the closer I am to God, the more open my heart is, the more receptive I am to the blessings and miracles that were always meant for me. Because when we're constantly forcing our own manifestations, there's no space for any other blessings or miracles to show up for us. When we make ourselves God in our own lives, There's no space for God to actually work in our lives. So if you feel called to this kind of work, this resonates with you. This work is not for everyone and it's okay if it doesn't resonate with you. But if it does 
and you're interested in working one-on-one with me. Uh, These are my most intimate containers. I only work with my soulmate clients in these containers. They're extremely intimate. I give everything to my one-on-one clients. The work is really deep. So if and only if you really do feel a calling, there is a link to apply in the show notes, or you can send me a DM on Instagram at pursuit of bliss with an underscore. And as always, it means the world to me when you guys leave your honest reviews on iTunes. I read all of them and they always bring me to tears. And I love it when you all share on Instagram and tag me so I can repost. And um, I love hearing your takeaways. So thanks for being here and making it through this episode. And I'll talk to you all next week.